collections and archives has always been a political act, given the key role they play in knowledge production. They can be created by the powerful to protect their position in society and maintain their power. They can be used to relegate a people and their culture to the past and control information so that certain stories get privileged while others get marginalized. At the same time, museums and archives can also be powerful tools in political struggles for freedom and decolonization. They can be used to tell a different story of the past and imagine a different future. In this webinar, we will focus on two Palestinian museums, one in Palestine and one in the US, to shed light on the role museums and archives can play in the ongoing Palestinian struggle for, uh, for liberation. So we're very delighted to have with us today Faisal Saleh and Salim Abu Zahir. Faisal Saleh is the founder and executive director of Palestine Museum USA that he will talk about. And Salim Abu Zahir is acting manager for Palestinian Museum Digital Archive Project. And I am Noor Arafah. I'm a PhD student at the University of Oxford, and I will be moderating this um, event. The webinar is an hour long. In the first 30 minutes, we will have a small discussion with uh, Salim and, um, and, and Faisal. And and then we will have, we will try to address as many questions uh, from uh, the audience. So if you have any questions, please feel free uh, to ask them um, on uh, Zoom. Uh, Salim, I would like to start with you. Um, can you tell us more about the Digital Archive Project and the, the vision um, you have uh, from this archive and the work that you do? Thank you very much, Noor. Hi, good evening, everybody. First of all, thanks for IPS for bringing this issue of archives. And I'd like to start my speech with a quote from Darwish in Arabic. And after that, I'll have it translated. Mahmoud Darwish يقول فمن يروي قصتنا نحن السائرين على هذا الليل مطرودين من المكان ومن الأسطورة التي لم تجد منا أحدا يشهد على أن الجريمة لم تقع فلا تنظر إلى نفسك فيما يكتب عنك ولا تبحث عن الكنعاني فيك لتثبت أنك موجود بل اقبض على واقعك هذا واسمك هذا وتعلم كيف تكتب برهانك كن سيدة أو صافك منذ الآن It was in the presence of the absence where Mahmoud Darwish had epically inscribed his will not to look upon yourself in the way they write about you but learn how to write your proof This marvelous poetry took over many critical perceptions that have emerged since the 1970s in response to the classical study of history and mythological cultural ideologies, which focus on elites and significant political events, but ignore the experiences of ordinary people from the historical narrative, disrespect the past, impede preserving historical continuity, and often confine the idea of modernity within the geographical borders of Europe or the West. The Global South witnessed since then many calls to analyze and deconstruct cognitive knowledge structures to approach and represent the absent, the missing, and the fragmented in the dominant socioeconomic, political, cultural, and historical narratives. These endeavors also aim to reread power relations, perceptions, and non-authoritarian networks in addition to the interaction among different social groups allowing the marginalized to contribute to the expanded comprehensive goal of history through subjective experiences, daily life, customs, traditions, and indigenous behaviors away from the classical narrative of authority and power groups. Locally, these discourses and narrating paradigms tend not only to deconstruct the central historical narrative, but to produce parallel liberal and indigenous anti-colonial historical narratives that do not deny the experiences of specific groups, nor exclude Palestine from the historical context. Further attention is being paid to the entirety of the testimonies and voices of people absent from the established colonial authoritarian and elitist historical narrative thus reviving micro-histories that represent the indigenous trajectory of social, economic, and political relations and dimensions present through any tangible or intangible trace. 
following search trends, the Palestinian Museum, an independent institution dedicated to supporting an open and dynamic Palestinian culture nationally and internationally, contributes in producing narratives on the history, culture, society of Palestine with a new perspective and in strengthening uh, the bonds between Palestinians and those interested in their culture and history, as well as consolidating the unifying national identity and strengthening the Palestinian cultural presence on Arab and international levels. The Palestinian Museum was designed as a transnational institution capable of overcoming geographical and political boundaries to reach Palestinians within Palestine and beyond. Its digital collections and online platforms alongside its network of local and international partnerships allow for the sharing of skills, resources, programs, and ex exhibitions with individuals and institutions worldwide. In harmony with this vision, the museum initiated in 2018 its signature digital archive project as a strategic initiative that constitutes one of most important components of the museum's virtual platform. The digital archive has established, <clears throat> in terms of its type and size, the first long-term digital archive platform in Palestine and contributed to the museum's educational interventions, knowledge programs, and social activities. Right from the start, the project has been working on restoring and exploring the marginalized microhistories of Palestinians from the early 19th century to the present day. With said regard, it settles on the so-called history from below to write people's history and to produce narratives about Palestine, its culture and society, besides helping to reduce the threats facing archival collections and Palestinian tangible and intangible antiquities through digitizing and preserving the endangered archives. The Digital Archive Project builds on the digital collections that the Palestinian Museum had previously collected and digitized, including the Family Album Project, which focused on exploring the photographic treasures that Palestinians kept in their own homes and documenting them for future generations. It's developing an updatable open access platform that embraces documents, photographs, and audiovisual records, amongst many other materials to enhance everyone's access to Palestinian history in Arabic and English. The project is set to digitize and preserve its vast collection from loss, damage, or confiscation, in addition to benefiting artists, researchers, and the public at large through the museum's platforms and the virtual venues of other partner institutions, just like the Paljurnist Cooperation with the Institution for Palestine Studies and the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA Library, which hosts the project's collection on its digital library platform. With archival resources of almost <coughs> about 200,000 digitized items, the Digital Archive Project shines on a path that extends for more than two centuries of the Palestinian narrative that is documented through photographs, artworks, records, memories of institutions and individuals, and other archives where the collective history meets and reveals the individual experiences. The project covers 61 different aspects of social history and Palestinian everyday life patterns that fall squarely under the arch of 11 major themes, including not only but also Palestinian resistance, education, cultural scene, dispersal, and diaspora. Its current geographical scope covers Palestine with 50% of the collection intersecting with the West Bank and 43% with Jerusalem and the 1948 Palestinian occupied territories, while those that intersect with Gaza Strip are estimated to constitute only about 3% of the total records. Still, the project devotes all efforts to bring collections on Palestine from Gaza, Jordan, and Lebanon. The Digital Archive Project has acquired unique and exceptional importance by minimizing the threats and continuous loss of Palestinian heritage caused by the colonial regime practices. Moreover, the external, mid, <coughs> sorry, the external midterm performance evaluation report conducted in December 2019 
asserted the credibility and consistency of the project's design, structure, adherence, and a clear commitment to the general international standard archival description. The Palestinian Museum Digital Archive Project looks forward to continuing the journey of searching for endangered Palestine, Palestinian archives to digitize, preserve, and make them available to future generations, the public and the researchers interested in Palestinian culture and history, and rests on the fact that historical records have always been a tributary of archival work and a fundamental pillar that helps in understanding and questioning the narrative and the cultural legacy of people's and nation's history and bridging their missing gaps or links. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Salim, for giving us this uh, passionate presentation on the uh, work um, you and your team are doing um, uh, with the Digital Archive Project, specifically the, um, the goal you have in terms of deconstructing the general history of Palestine and um, creating a new narrative which I find and I find is specifically interesting the, uh, the the approach you are using which is history from uh, below that you talked about which allows us also to raise uh, the voices of uh, normal uh, people. Um, the next presentation is by uh, Faisal Saleh who will tell us more about um, the museum that he co-founded and the archives he is uh, working on. Faisal, the floor is yours. Always forget to unmute. <laughs> Th thank you, Noor, and uh, thank you, Salim, for your presentation. Uh, uh, most ambitious and uh, most uh, informative. Um, uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, give an introduction to the Palestine Museum US because I think uh, not a lot of people uh, may be familiar with it, uh, it being uh, a new institution. Uh, the Palestine Museum US uh, opened its doors uh, on April 22nd of 2018. So we've been around for about two and a half years. It's located in a small town in Connecticut called Woodbridge. Um, and it consists of about 6,000 square feet of space. Uh, uh, the museum uh, really um, looks at uh, its mission as, as being, uh, first of all, to, to uh, preserve uh, Palestinian history and culture, uh, to celebrate uh, the, ex the artistic excellence of, of Palestinians uh, through exhibits and uh, other media programming, and uh, to also create a market uh, for Palestinian art in the United States and in particular in the West in general. Um, and more importantly, to tell a Palestinian story through the arts. Um, and, and finally, to strengthen uh, the Palestinian identity and create uh, a sense uh, of community. Um, the Palestine Museum US is the first Palestinian museum in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, for years and years, uh, we watched as our story was being, being told by others. And we went into other people's museums, uh, hundreds of them. Uh, and uh, in all of the West, there wasn't a single place that was dedicated to Palestine. So uh, our launch of the museum uh, it was really historic and uh, opened a whole new avenue for Palestinians to uh, tell the story and communicate uh, with the world. Um, and uh, the communication uh, is really so important. Uh, maybe not everybody realizes the criticality and the importance of being in the United States and being able to reach out to the American people and tell them the story. Um, whether we like it or not, uh, the United States uh, plays a major role in what goes on in the Middle East and to a large extent controls what happens there one way or another. Um, 
it's, it's so important for us Palestinians that we understand that this environment in the United States that's really controlling our lives in, in Palestine and in the diaspora and be able to interact with that environment uh, and be able to create opportunities for us to tell our stories. And uh, in the past, uh, we had a vacuum uh, in the area of the arts. Uh, yes, there were individual events here and there, individual efforts, uh, but there, weren't any, there wasn't any museums. Uh, there weren't any concentrated artistic activities taking place on a regular, on a regular place, uh, I'm sorry, on a regular basis. Uh, Palestinian artists had a difficult time uh, exhibiting their works. Uh, even some of the most famous Palestinian artists had a difficult time getting their works in galleries and in some of the museums in the United States. So it became really critical uh, for us to, to have this uh, new institution and to, to be able to um, put our story out on the streets here in the United States. Um, now, from an archiving point of view, uh, obviously uh, our approach is, is a lot different than the Palestinian Museum. Uh, first of all, we don't have the infrastructure and the resources, uh, financial and otherwise, uh, to really create significant uh, archives. And as a result, uh, we do have archival uh, material at the museum. Uh, we have uh, historic photographs, uh, we have historic phobes, uh, uh, we have historic books uh, of photographers that were published in, uh, uh, in like 1925 that has uh, hundreds of photographs about Palestine. And we have access to a lot of archival information. Uh, for example, the, the Matson uh, photo collection has 22,000 photographs at the Library of Congress. We, we can dip into it and, and find anything we need, we want. And the archival material that we use uh, is really used to support uh, the story we are telling. Uh, for example, uh, we can look at the photographs uh, and say uh, that the Palestine had a, a vibrant, uh, uh, community uh, that existed uh, prior to 1948. And we can debunk uh, the claim that Palestine was a land with no people for a people with no land. Uh, and certainly uh, all, all these points come together uh, as, as we try to, to tell our story. Um, let me... Uh, I'll talk a little bit about you know what what are some of the um, contents uh, in the museum. Um, um, as I mentioned, it's about six thousand square feet. We have uh, a few hundred uh, uh, works of art at any given time. Uh, our definition of art uh, is really very broad. Uh, it's not just the, the visual arts such as paintings but also includes sculpture, includes embroidery and textile arts, includes film, theater performances, literary arts, uh, colony arts, and any other kind of form of arts that Palestinians uh, engage in. So uh, in addition to just our physical exhibits, we, over the past two and a half years of existence, we have conducted a large number of events and activities related in all those broad areas that I've described here. And we've engaged audiences uh, in, in, in areas such as music. We, we've had uh, several concerts, uh, including, uh, you know, we had a concert uh, for Maryam Tamari, the opera singer. We've had concerts for uh, classical music, uh, uh, piano, violin, uh, Palestinian performance from Palestine. And uh, we've, we've done a lot of activities to, to support uh, the the mission of the museum. Um, and uh, during the, uh, the recent COVID crisis, uh, we had to uh, shift gears and go totally virtual. And uh, we discovered that that really was more of an opportunity 
rather than an impediment. Um, we were able to expand our audience. When we screen a film, we may have like 70, 80, or 100 people watching the film. Uh, but instead of just being in, in the area around the museum, we're talking about people from 30, 40 countries around the world who are joining us. Um, and so we have been uh, conducting on average two events per week uh, since March. Uh, and you can imagine uh, it's a very large number of events. A lot of them, are, most of them are done on Zoom and Facebook. And uh, we've been getting very good uh, feedback from people. Um, uh, a lot of people are, are very interested in the activities and become regular attendees. Um, finally, I wanted to just to talk about who our audience is. Uh, the museum has two audiences. Um, uh, the Palestinians who happen to be in, in the US, uh, in Palestine, in the diaspora, and uh, the definition of a Palestinian is, is anybody that has a connection to Palestine, whether a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, what have you. We're not very uh, particular. Uh, if somebody thinks they're a Palestinian, we consider them a Palestinian. So, uh, And that's about 50% of audience, 50% of the people who participate in our activities, whether before COVID or after COVID, have been of Palestinian origin. The other 50% were non-Palestinian. These are regular people from the United States, people from Europe, etc. And granted, a lot of them are sympathetic to our cause, but nonetheless, uh, we are not just talking to ourselves. We are not talking, we're not preaching to the choir, if you will. So we feel that uh, having half of our audience being American and, and other significant uh, uh, achievement uh, uh, and it's just the beginning. Uh, we have uh, ambitious plans to expand the museum and its scope and now that we've really experienced what happened after COVID, um, those plans have been modified to include a significant virtual component uh, of what we're looking to do in the future. So everything we will do in the future But our initial plan, which we still believe in, uh, calls for creating branches of the museum in major cities in the United States and trying to create a grassroots uh, communication effort to reach the Americans wherever they exist and to get to the point where we actually telling our story directly to the American people at the grassroots level. Uh, because we think that the arts uh, is a better, uh, medium for communicating our story. Uh, it will humanize us. Uh, when we show uh, a performance, a musical performance, uh, or when we uh, show poetry or uh, exhibit uh, art, etc., the people watching it, uh, the Westerners are very uh, interested in, to, in the arts and, and they are more likely to sympathize with, with the arts than with the political wrangling. Uh, and I don't want to underestimate the importance of having, you know, a political process and God knows we have quite a few people engaged in that process. There's, there's a lot of lobbying, there's a lot of fundraising for all the politicians. So we were not short on that part. What we were short on is in the arts. And that's the area that we are promoting. And we're hoping that Palestinians and our supporters around the country and the world recognize that and kind of rally behind our effort of what we're trying to do. Because it is, it is a very, very important uh, aspect of our struggle to, um, uh, towards the Palestinian ultimate goal, which is the return to Palestine and having a democratic state in Palestine. 
Thank you so much, uh, Faisal, for uh, your presentation. Um, we have so many interesting questions from the audience. So I'm going to allow myself to only ask you um, one question, uh, Salim and Faisal. Um, so you both discussed, um, again, um, you focused on the role that museums and archives can play in uh, changing uh, the narrative, in telling a new different story about Palestinians, which could be seen as a way of imagining uh, Palestine and making the archives uh, more active. And this um, is important because it defies how museums can sometimes uh, function, especially in uh, colonial cases where things are only put on display for popular uh, consumption. Um, there are many museums or like several museums on Palestine in Amman, in Lebanon, in Shatila, in DC, um, and other places. And we now have a movement of several, of um, a number of refugees actually working on, on museums. My question to both of you is, especially since like Faisal, you're, in, you're based in the US, Salim, you're based in, in, in Palestine, how do you envision uh, working with the Palestinian diaspora and Palestinians living in Palestine to create this uh, new uh, narrative that can represent and unite all uh, Palestinians. Is there like, is this part of the, of your vision for the future or is this something you aim to do in the future? Because I think um, working together as Palestinians, especially when we have different museums, can also um, make uh, the different museums more um, powerful uh, sides. Um, but I would like to get your views on this, if, if possible. You got it. No, please, get <laughs> you start. All right, thank you. Um, well, the, the Palestine Museum U.S. is heavily engaged uh, in uh, our Palestinian constituencies, both in the U.S., in, in, in some parts of Europe and, 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 and the East, as well as in Palestine. I'm constantly on, um, on Messenger, on the phone, talking to artists uh, and, and talking to other people, you know, in Gaza, in, in Ramallah, in Nablus, in Jericho, in Bethlehem. Uh, we're always uh, looking at artwork there. We're, we're talking to musicians. Uh, last couple of weeks ago, we had a concert by Amal Morcos uh, from Beit Yassif uh, in the Galilee and, and Fadi D from Haifa. Uh, we are continuing to have these activities. So we are uh, wired right into the Palestinian communities in everywhere and not just uh, in the U.S. here. But, but also uh, in Palestine, we, we've done the same thing with people in, in Europe. We're looking at artwork, we're shipping art from Germany, we're shipping art from Belgium, art being shipped from Gaza. Uh, so all that comes to the museum and we are talking to the people. We have events going on all the time. So we, we are heavily engaged uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Thank you, uh, Faisal Salim. Any other insights about how you envision working with uh, the Palestinian diaspora? Actually, Palestinian diaspora is uh, like a main theme of our themes at the Palestinian museums. And we already have uh, a researcher who is based in Jordan to archive uh, collections from Palestinian refugees over there. And we have already one of our team members who visited the Palestinian camps in, in Lebanon. and. We are open to having uh, many collections. We have like connections with Latin America, Chile, with the Palestinian people in, in Europe. So we are open to Palestinian diaspora and we'd like to have as many as possible uh, collections uh, here at the Palestinian Museum. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, um, Salim. So I'm going to start asking you the questions uh, we have from the uh, from the audience. Um, so we have um, two questions from uh, Anne Irfan. Uh, the first one is for Faisal. Is there any way to access the archival collections uh, you describe uh, remotely? And uh, to both of you, what do you see as the priority or priorities in terms of Collections. Faisal, would you like to, to yes, start? Sure. Yeah. Um, I can tell you how to access the the biggest uh, photographic archive that 
uh, about Palestine, which is it's called the Matson Collection, M-A-T-S-O-N. So you go on Google, uh, on a browser, and you do a Google search. You search for Matson Collection Library of Congress. And then you're going to get a place where you can either browse or you can search for keywords. Like you want to know, you want to see all the photographs about Ramallah. You type Ramallah and you'll see like two, three hundred uh, photographs that you can look at from Ramallah. You can download them in high resolution. You can print them. Uh, you could do anything you want with them. These are available with no restrictions on use. You don't have to, uh, you can make copies of them, you can print them, you can do anything you want. And at the museum, we have a collection of over a hundred of those uh, that are printed. And uh, sometimes you have to clean up the photographs a little bit. But uh, uh, I guarantee you, if you go in there, you'll be there for three, four hours before you realize that you spend that much time because there's so many photographs and a lot of them are very interesting. Mm -hmm. One of the photographs we got from there uh, was of a young, a uh, Palestinian woman from Ramallah uh, was taken in 1939. And um, we have it on exhibit uh, the museum. And uh, a couple, couple months later, uh, I got a, a communication from somebody who said, that's my mother you have in there. We saw it on Facebook, people taking their pictures in front of her picture. And one thing led to another, we found out that she's actually living and she lives in San Diego in California. And two months ago, I got invited to her 100th year birthday party uh, on, that there was a Zoom birthday party. So it, it, it's amazing what you're going to see in these photographs. Mm -hmm. Thank you, uh, Faisal. Salim, do you have any additions on what you see as the priorities in terms of um, collections? First of all, let me invite all of you to visit our open access platform. It's palarchive.org. Uh, and I'm sure you're gonna spend, like uh, just what Faisal said, hours and hours surfing our website. Um, at the Palestinian Museums, uh, Museum, we have uh, 300 plus collections. Um, that intersect with like Palestinian educators, uh, institutions just like the Red Crescent, Al Hilal Ahmar, uh, all the newspapers that document Palestine before and after the Nakba. Uh, so um, our collection is just marvelous, and uh, we are trying to give uh, like such importance to uh, Palestinian diaspora, just as I mentioned before. If I got your question. Um, uh, actually, we are currently working on uh, having thematic uh, search and uh, research based on our collections. So uh, I can tell that all themes of social history that we are, on which we are currently work are just important, uh, and uh, um, we can uh, mention like uh, certain uh, landmarks of our collections, just like. Khalil Sini, Musa Alami, these collections which like have certain footprints in the Palestinian history. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Salim. Um, just drawing on, on your answer, there's, a, there's another question uh, from an anonymous uh, person um, who's asking if the archived material, is it available online or can they request access to the published or unpublished materials? We put online all collections that we digitize. So you can access them directly from palarchive.org. Okay, um, thank you. Um, so there's a question for Faisal. Um, it's about measuring uh, the impact um, you, you're having. So do you have any way of measuring the effect of your activities on non-Palestinian uh, visitors and users? Uh, the only thing we, we can measure is the number of people that attend our events or visit our museum or interact with the museum. Um, and also the percentage of that in relation to the uh, Palestinians who come, who, who do the same thing. And our, our numbers are showing that we're, we're getting 50-50 split between the two audiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, uh, 
we probably have had, you know, over, over a thousand people participate in our uh, programming during the last few months uh, from between attending uh, films, watching films, attending artist talks, uh, doing other things. Uh, and it's constant that we are getting 50% of, of, of the activities related to non-Palestinians. Um, we, we have not gone out and done uh, uh, kind of a, a survey uh, of the whole U.S. population to do that. But we have to keep in mind that our investment in, in this uh, project is, is very modest. Uh, there's only like one or two people or two, maybe two or three people working on this effort mm -hmm. uh, with very minimal amount of financial resources. Uh, and we have been trying to get support for this activity from a lot of Palestinians. And unfortunately, uh, the Palestinians who have the money are not forthcoming with it. Uh, and uh, only a handful of Palestinians have been uh, generous enough to provide support. And I'm, I'm going to stand here and uh, tell you that that we Palestinians need to get serious about Palestine. And if we want to get serious about Palestine, we need to all work together and we need to put our resources. The people who have the millions need to support this effort. I am supporting it myself and I have no, no qualms about that. And I'm very proud that I'm doing that. But I want other people to join and participate in that. It's not enough to have a handful of Palestinians making uh, efforts and, and support. We, we need thousands. We need thousands of Palestinians behind this project. Absolutely. Um, there's a question to um, both of you, actually, on collection uh, methods. So the question is, how can we collect and connect the scattered archives of the Palestinian movement, in particular, the traces of Palestinian history, which exist um, where the movement had important interactions in the 60s, 70s period from Cuba to Vietnam, to Europe, to Algeria. Um, how can we connect all these scattered archives have access to them. Do you have any insights about this? Because I think it's a very important um, question about um, um, collection methods. May I? Please. Uh, first of all, this question is not only limited to archives. It's this question presents itself on a myriad of issues related to Palestine. Uh, what is really needed is a unified body uh, that takes uh, this activity on and where all Palestinians are working together on creating this, this archive because there are thousands and thousands of Palestinian families that have land records, that have British passports that have birth certificates, that have marriage certificates, that have photographs, that have all kinds of other things, and they're all keeping it in their homes. And um, we have a, a very small number of documents at the museum. I have like my father's British passport. I have his, his British ID card. And uh, we ha I have our uh, UNRWA uh, rations card, that we have our Red Cross ration cards before the UNRWA was in place. Every, and I'm just one of millions of Palestinians who have the same thing. Uh, so we need to gather all that together, but we need resources to do that. And we need to do it all as one project. Not every organization is, is acting on its own in different directions. Let me give you an example. Um, when the museum was being opened, that right at the beginning, I contacted uh, the municipality of Ramallah and I pleaded with them to give me an opportunity to take one of their archival material. And, uh, and, and the material I'm talking about is in Ramallah, there was uh, an Armenian uh, photographer and had a studio called Studio Venus. Uh, he had, when he 
when the owner passed away, he had 14 boxes of negatives that has that you collected over like 20, 30, or 40 years. And it has pictures of almost everyone in Ramallah had, in Dira has pictures in there. And I've offered to take those negatives and scan them. And we went back and forth with correspondence. At the end, at the end they told me they're going to do it themselves and they don't need help. Uh, and uh, I regret that that was, you know, the, uh, that decision. But things like that are part of the national heritage. Uh, there's no one person or one entity should be trusted to just do that on its own. This needs to be a national effort and it needs to be a unified organization that represents all the Palestinians to do that. Uh, I'm still interested in the Venus archive uh, and it's something that we need to do. If those photographs are, are scanned and published, you will see thousands and thousands of people are gonna find their relatives in them. And, and it would be such a, a great thing to have. So let's get on that. Yeah, thank sorry. you. For sorry, for Salim, I took too much time. Salim, uh, sorry about <laughs> Salim, do you have any other insights to add yeah. on the question of how to collect um, scattered archives? Or shall we move to a different yeah. question? Faisal's answer, maybe it might be a little bit political, but my answer is going to be more technical. Uh, we're looking for Palestinian collections all over the world as the, that part of the Palestinian puzzle, the narrative of uh, Palestine. Uh, we at the Palestinian Museum, we have a large team of uh, researchers who are trained and doing field work, and they're keeping following up, uh, collecting, uh, convincing uh, owners of collections uh, to have uh, their collection uh, within our archive. Uh, but I'm sure, and I totally agree with Faisal, that um, Palestinians are aware of the importance of their uh, inherited uh, archives and documents. Um, we have uh, lots of connections with uh, Palestinians in uh, Europe, America, um, Africa. We have connections uh, with Palestinians in uh, Tunisia. Uh, so uh, technically, uh, technically, the the team uh, uh, of uh, researchers is doing all possible effort to uh, get uh, more collect, uh, collections. And uh, just as I said before, uh, our scope is mainly uh, Palestine, uh, Lebanon, and Jordan. But uh, we are very open to have uh, all. Uh, collections that intersect with the Palestinian narrative, uh, whether they were uh, inside Palestine or outside Palestine. Thank you, um, Salim. And I would just like to remind the viewers that we have um, another event, um, another webinar actually, uh, on archiving the struggle uh, towards a new political imaginary for Palestine. That will be, um, one of the speakers will be Professor Karma Nabulsi and uh, Professor uh, Abdelraza Takriti. Um, but uh, Laura can give you the specific date of the, of the webinar. Um, I, I don't have it. Um, there are like uh, some specific questions now um, by um, by uh, by the participants. So there's a specific question to you, Salim, from Nizar Farsah, who works. I don't know if you're in touch, uh, but Nizar works at the museum in in DC. So he's saying, in addition to the IPS Palestinian Museum in Birzeit and the Palestine Museum um, US, um, he's asking, did you look? in the Library of Congress, the different Palestinian village organizations in the U.S., or the Palestine Land Center, or Palestine Remembered um, in the U.K. Did you look into any of these um, uh, organizations or institutions? Uh, absolutely. We are trying to keep updated. We are trying to uh, have like uh, the widespread knowledge of uh, all uh, acting uh, platforms on uh, Palestine. Uh, moreover, we're trying to make our archival network partnerships, uh, to have uh, partnerships with uh, uh, institutions that work on, uh, on archives. So um, we keep uh, looking for uh, this platform. 
Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, so there's a question to both of you, and maybe Faisal, you can start by answering this one. Um, in terms of the visual arts, how do you each envision your institution's role in both laying out of, Palest of a Palestinian art history of earlier generations and engagement with contemporary art practices and artists working um, working now? How do you see the, your institution's role in both these uh, um, uh, things? There are two components to the question. The first is with respect to the the history uh, of artists who are no longer with us. Uh, uh, obviously, there are a number of books um, written about these artists, and uh, we are trying to collect as many of these books as possible and make them available for people who want to uh, study the, the history of, uh, of Palestinian uh, uh, artists. Um, we, we are collecting uh, and researching books all the time. Uh, we have uh, quite a number of books of uh, particular artists. Uh, with respect to the current artists, we obviously engaged with a, a very large number of, of, of artists, a uh, uh, hundred artists at least or more, and uh, we, we are in conversation all the time with these artists about uh, exhibiting uh, their work either physically at the museum or virtually. And we're also engaged in trying to sell artwork for all the Palestinian artists. And we have been successful recently in, in, in selling arts for, in trying to generate some revenue for Palestinian artists who are distressed in, in, in either Gaza or in the West, in the West Bank, uh, where, where they really need the resources. Um, so uh, we, we, we are engaged on a day-to-day -day basis and we, uh, Currently, we have at least um, you know 200 uh, works of art at the museum uh, that belong to Palestinian artists. Uh, most of the art we have is on loan from the artists. Uh, we have a, a small but growing uh, permanent collections. These are uh, works of art that were contributed to the museum, mostly by the artists or or, or a few by uh, by some uh, private in the Palestinian individuals and, and Americans uh, as well. Uh, but the, the bulk of the artwork is on loan from the artist. Thank you, um, Faisal. Salim, do you have any other additions to the um, to how your work can be um, related to how we view envision visual arts? Actually, art actually, art is one aspect of, uh, among other many aspects on which we work in the Palestinian museums. Uh, we uh, do research on uh, the artistic uh, exhibitions and artistic work, uh, interventions uh, which uh, take place here. Uh, there are many uh, exhibitions that have been held by the Palestinian museums, uh, museum where we used to exhibit uh, physical or virtual uh, artistic items uh, and uh, uh, actually uh, we are more than uh, just a gallery. We are a big museum where we are uh, working uh, on research and history uh, together with the art. Thank you. Um, thank you both. Um, so, um, Faisal, there's a question to you, given that um, you're based in the US. Um, do you find virtual museums effective for the Palestinian diaspora to renew their identity and feel connected to their past? Yes, uh, certainly <clears throat> there are certain things uh, you can't do virtually, but you can do quite a bit in, when it comes to the arts and exhibits. Uh, virtual exhibits are just as important as the physical exhibits. In fact, uh, virtual exhibits can be more useful because uh, you can leverage them and reach a much wider audience. We can reach worldwide audience with a virtual exhibit, whereas a physical exhibit is limited to the geography that you're in. So, as I mentioned earlier, we uh, uh, are adopt, adapting our uh, strategy to uh, take full advantage of the virtual uh, idea and ability to um, to reach out to the to the global audience. So uh, definitely, that should be on everybody's uh, roadmap. 
especially now with the difficult <clears throat> times we're going through with uh, COVID, I think yeah. it uh, can be even a more powerful uh, tool. Uh, yeah, excuse me, I should just wanted to point out an example of, of this. Uh, uh, the Palestine Museum U.S. Uh, has partnered with uh, an organization called Palestine Rights. Uh, Palestine Rights is a literary festival uh, that's taken place. Uh, originally, it was scheduled as a physical uh, festival, but now it's a virtual festival. <clears throat> and as part of that festival, we are providing uh, a virtual art exhibit uh, consisting of about 50 artists and uh, uh, as many wor works of art that's going to be incorporated in the literary festival. That, that's another example of how this uh, the idea of virtual exhibits are, are important. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you. So there, there's a, another specific question um, to both of you. Um, so there's a rich history of Palestinian periodicals produced by the PLO um, and various factions and other Palestinian institutions, including magazines, newspapers like Palestine Taura, Shu'un Palestinia, Al Karmel, Al Hadaf, and many others. Um, has do you have you worked on or know of collections of these periodicals? Actually, we have plenty of magazines and newspapers that have already been uh, digitized and archived. We have Al-Fajr, we have Al-Shaab, Al-Bayad Al-Siyasi, Al-Tali'a. And uh, as I mentioned before, they're all online and open access. Anyone can just access our uh, digital platform with uh, almost about uh, 200,000 uh, digitized items. Um, among which uh, we have magazines and the newspapers and everything is open access uh, for researchers. And we get, uh, we receive like many questions from researchers and uh, different uh, types of beneficiaries, uh, which we respond to academically. Okay, thank you. Um, Faisal, anything to add on this? Although you have like a specific focus in the museum, but... Uh... Yeah, I, I think we, we are getting uh, donations uh, on a regular basis of, of books and pamphlets and things of that nature. And uh, recently we got a, a couple of boxes uh, uh, that include some of the publications that, uh, that we talked about, but it's, it's very small and it's very limited. And we don't really see our strength being in that area. Uh, we see our strength in, in, in other areas and we, you know, we, we will rely on people like the Palestinian Museum uh, in Birzeit to, um, to really take the lead in, in efforts like that because they, they are more suited for that, both uh, from a, a resource and infrastructure point of view. And, uh, and that's something that we, we, we would uh, love to cooperate and, and, and take advantage of the availability of these resources. Uh, thank you, uh, Faisal. So we have a question about the geographical focus um, uh, or uh, of the of archives. So how much does the archive uh, cover historical Palestine compared to the West Bank and Gaza? Salim, maybe you can take this one. Actually, I have answered this question during my speech. Uh, I just mentioned that we cover like. Um, 50% almost of our collections intersect with, or 54 actually, 54% of our collections uh, intersect with West Bank, 43% of the collections intersect with 1948 occupied areas and Jerusalem, while only 3% uh, inter intersects with uh, Gaza. But we are doing efforts uh, to proceed with collecting uh, and getting more archives from Gaza Strip, and Lebanon, and Jordan as well. Mm -hmm. I, I, just a, a follow-up question, why do you have um, a small number of archives from Gaza? Simply the political situation, it's a little bit limited of uh, sending uh, researchers to, to Gaza. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just because of closures and lately because of COVID, it has been a little bit hard to uh, reach Gaza. Absolutely, it's much more complicated. Um, Faisal, do you have anything to add on uh, the uh, the geographical uh, um, aspect of the archives? How much of the archives cover historical Palestine compared to the West Bank and Gaza? Um, everything we do, uh, 
whether it's exhibits, archives, or anything, we do it equally uh, with equal opportunity for all parts of Palestine and the diaspora. And we, we, when we talk to artists, we talk to artists in Gaza, we talk to artists in the West Bank, we talk to artists in the Palestine 48, and we talk to artists in the US and Europe and South America and all that. So we make no distinction between any geographic region and as far as Palestinian arts and artistic artifacts and things of that sort. And we, 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 we recognize no boundaries between all these Palestinian communities. Mm-hmm. Um, which is extremely important given the many efforts to fragment um, Palestinians on, on many fronts. And um, uh, excuse me, Anur, I, I would like to also to point one, one other uh, fact, which is um, when we started the museum, uh, there's some people kind of were scoffing at the idea of what we're doing and, uh, and saying, well, this is not a museum because, you know, you don't have this and you don't have that. And, uh, and you don't have a license. Who gave you a license to have a museum? Well, in the United States, you don't need a license to have a museum. I got news for some people. But uh, our focus is not only on the accomplished, established artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, our focus is also on the rising artists, the new artists, and artists in all their phases uh, of growth and life. And we want to make it clear that we welcome the work of people who are not necessarily the top 10 or 20 people in the world uh, of Palestine. Uh, we want to encourage a lot of the artists. And I'd like you to see right behind me, uh, there are two small uh, like uh, it's hard to point, two small paintings. Um, these two small point paintings uh, don't necessarily represent fine arts, but they're in, in, in the middle of the museum. Uh, therefore, a young girl uh, in Damascus, a Palestinian girl who is a special needs person who was struggling uh, learning and she was turned into, onto art and she took off with that. And we got 10 of her pieces of art, and we exhibit them at the museum right next to the top artists in Palestine. Uh, so we, we, we just want to, I want to encourage Palestinian artists of all walks of life to continue their work and, to, and we're, we're happy to, to, to participate with them at some point. Thank you. Um, thank you, Faisal. And thank you, Faisal and Salim, for um, two compelling presentations. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. So uh, this webinar has to come to, um, uh, to an end. Um, but I want to thank you um, for the work that you are doing. Uh, we all know how museums and, and archives can be important um, or key sites of political power and they play an important role in knowledge um, production Um, and as Palestinians it's very important to um, use these um, as tools to create a new um, a new uh, narrative. And you both showed us in a very humble way how um, with your teams and the institutions you're working with, you're aiming to um, create a, a new narrative and a new way of imagining Palestine and presenting Palestine to, uh, to the whole uh, world. So uh, thank you so much. Um, thank you also for the audience um, and for the questions uh, you asked us. Unfortunately, because we have a limited amount of time, I wasn't able to, answer, to ask uh, all the questions to uh, Faisal and Salim. But I just want to remind you that we have another interesting webinar next Monday, actually, on archiving the Palestinian struggle, which would Uh, talk about archiving of the history of solidarity movements and the Palestinian uh, revolution and resistance with four panelists, including Karman Abulsi, Muna Dajani, Abed Takriti, and Munir Fakhreddin. So I hope uh, you can attend uh, this event. A final word to Faisal? Yes, uh, thank you. First of all, thank you so much. And I'd like to... uh thank the uh, uh, Institute as well for uh, putting on this uh, great event. And uh, I wanted to also thank all the Palestinian artists around the world 
in Palestine and the diaspora, and I would like to congratulate them on their fantastic efforts uh, and, and all the excellence of the work that they've done. Ilal uh, Imam, forward. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Faisal. Salim. Thank you very much. Thanks for the IPS. Thank you, Noor. Thank you, Faisal. Uh, and always, we are looking for your support, uh, targeting Palestinian fragmented history wherever it is. Thank you thank very much. Thank you. Um, have a nice day, evening, depending on your time zone. Uh, stay safe, sane, and well. And um, yes, I hope we can see you uh, in the next, uh, in, the web in the following webinar next Monday.